Welcome to the Life Tree Community Church Podcast. These are recorded during our weekly services in Robbinsville, New Jersey. Our prayer is that these messages help you grow in your personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So uh, I'm just going to share just for a few minutes today. Um, so you thought you were getting out of a message. I'm sorry. I thought I was getting out of a message, but it's still a little bit of time. So I won't, I won't, won't go very long. But a few thoughts for you today. So if you'll turn to Matthew uh, chapter 2, I believe that's page 734 in those soft cover Bibles there. It'll be on the screen as well. Um, so just a last thought. We've been going through our series on um, the gifts that the wise men gave to Jesus. The year of giving. So we said in the year of giving, what better to, to look at than the gifts that were given to Jesus. So, you know. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh were the three gifts, and we've taken a look at, at the first two, and today we'll look at the third. And as we've done that, I've shared some of my experiences growing up about Christmas and things like that, and, uh, you know, there's something about Christmas morning, it's like the pinnacle, right, of, uh, of exhilaration. Anybody remember what it's like as a kid trying to sleep on Christmas Eve? Like, you just, eyes are just like bug-eyed, you're just waiting, waiting, it's just so hard to sleep and maybe, you know, maybe it's still like that for you. I don't know. Uh, maybe now you wish you could sleep and you just can't. And as soon as the sun rises, you know, like the kids are up, it's like, seriously, it's like five, you know, it's just, it's, it's too dark to be up and the kids are jumping on your bed. It's Christmas morning, you know, all that kind of stuff. And looking back, I think the intangible quality that captures Christmas for me is really one word. There's one word that if I think summarizes not so much the, the religious, you know, the, the theological side of it, but more of our, our traditional side of Christmas. Um, one word that always brings me back to Christmas morning, and it's this word, it's the word home. It's home. Like, I just connect Christmas morning to being home. Um, there's a sacredness about Christmas morning at home. Does anybody feel that? Do you know what I'm talking about when I say that? That there's just something about, like, you don't call people on Christmas morning at home, right? Like you don't you don't go out. There's something about Christmas morning. It's set apart. It's it's a holy time. It's intimate and it's and it's powerful. There's time when family gets together and this is our time. There's something unique about that compared to all the other days throughout the year. But there's something about Christmas morning spent at home. And if you think about it, it's actually how the story began. <laughs> It's like Joseph and Mary were going home, right, to, to, to his land of origin, to where he began, um, and, and they went home. And so when, I want to ask you, when you think about Christmas morning, where's home? Like, which, is there a house that you go to? Maybe you moved a lot, so I don't know. Like, what is, like, it's going to be different for everybody, but when you think of Christmas morning, you know, what's, what's home for you? Some of you know right away. Some of you like know exactly like which house it was, where you were, you know, where maybe you spent most of your growing up years in one place. Um, and so home is very much this is what Christmas morning looks like for you in your head when you think about it. But for some others, maybe it's a little more difficult to narrow down because of maybe so many moves or, or life situations or circumstances. And perhaps it's hard for you to answer. See, the, and here's the interesting thing. What, what makes Christmas morning so powerful, that sense of home is also what can make it so painful. Right? Isn't that ironic? Like what makes it so powerful is that sense of home is what can make it so painful. Because here's what we know. Home changes. Home changes. Maybe due to a move. 
You know, you move to a new space, different walls, a different view, and you're sitting here going, this is, this is Christmas, it's our house, it's our family, but it just, it feels different because this isn't the space I'm used to, you know, celebrating Christmas in, or maybe due to a life change, you know, when I got married. That was just, it was a wonderful time and great. And then that first Christmas morning, I didn't go home to be with my family. I, Anna and I made our first, you know, it was our first Christmas together in our tiny little apartment. And it was, it was great. It was great and it was awesome, but it felt weird because it wasn't home. It wasn't what I was used to. There was something different about it. And then there's change because of loss. You know, there's empty chairs where people used to be. You know, grandfathers and grandmothers, brothers and sisters, loved ones used to be there. And regardless of whether the house remains the same, there are some absences that just make home seem incomplete. You know what I'm talking about. At some point, we've all experienced loss and you get there Christmas morning and it's home, but there's just something missing because it's incomplete. Home changes. Perhaps it's a soldier who's far away. You know, we see the videos of soldiers coming home for Christmas. There's just something about being home for Christmas, and it's incomplete unless everybody's there. See, Christmas brings people home, and it's powerful, but what makes it powerful is also what can make it painful. So my guess is that there are people here today that have a little bit of both. You've got real joy about what's coming up, and there are those who have real pain and sadness about what is no longer. And so today I'm going to talk to everybody. Wherever you are on that spectrum, wherever you are, we've been looking at the gifts the wise men brought to Jesus. Gold was for the king. He was the king of all kings, the greatest king this world will ever know. And then frankincense was a fragrant offering. It meant Jesus was the high priest. If you weren't here last week, I'm going to summarize. It may not make sense, but it's okay. Basically, you're smelly. But Jesus makes you smell good to God. That's the essence of frankincense. He's the high priest. He goes before us and he makes us acceptable to God. He makes us smell good. And then this last one, myrrh, might be the most powerful gift of all. And my prayer is that this thought, just the simple thought I share this morning, would somehow change what you think about on Christmas morning. That next Sunday, when you get up, you're going to think differently about that day. And I skipped the announcements, and I just realized that. But Christmas Eve services next Saturday. We're not having church next Sunday. Not, no service. So, you know, there you go. There's, there's announcements in your program. Just read it. All right. If I get boring, go there. That's it. So, myrrh. We're going to look at myrrh. Myrrh, it's a weird word to say. Everybody say myrrh. Myrrh. Right? Does that sound like, that's really a word. A word is myrrh. Oh, let's make it really weird. Let's spell it M-Y-R-R-H. Right? Like, come on. Where's, that's, that's myrrh right there. That's what it looks like. It's actually a, um, a bitter gum, kind of a costly perfume, which comes from a certain tree or shrub in Arabia or Ethiopia. It's ob- obtained actually by like cutting into the bark and then uh, it kind of oozes out like sap a little bit. It's used as an antiseptic. Um, it's also used for embalming. Isn't that odd? It's used for embalming. Um, Dead bodies are actually prepared for burial by washing, dress it, dressing it in special garments, and packing it with fragrant myrrh and other spices. That's how, that's how they would prepare bodies um, in Jesus' day. This was a strange gift to bring a child. Can anybody agree? Like, hey, here's a baby shower. Uh, I'm going to bring you some burial clothes for your baby. Like, this is weird. It's strange. 
the wise men, I'm going to guess, most likely didn't understand the significance of what they were giving as something that came from the land of origin where they were coming from. So they were going to bring something they had. They had gold. They mined gold from where they were in Arabia, right? Um, frankincense grew on trees in their area, and so did myrrh. So this is what they had. So it was a fragrant thing. Well, sure, we'll bring it to you. It was a, it was, so I, I don't know that the wise men were giving this to make a statement to Jesus. I can't go out there and say that they knew when they were giving it. They were saying something. But I will say that I think God knew what he wanted to say. And he was revealing something through their gift. They may have been giving it in ignorance, but God was making a statement about Jesus. Now, Paul was a man who hated Jesus. If you know the story of Paul in, in, in Scripture, in history, he was a Jewish person. He hated Jesus. He was not a good man. He wanted to kill Christians. And he did. But God continued to pursue him. And Paul didn't understand who Jesus was until God got a hold of him in a life-altering way. It was this incredible experience, and you can read about that. But this is what Paul has to say about Jesus after he figures out kind of who he is. He says this in Romans chapter 5. It says, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. He includes himself in that, for us sinners. It says, now most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. Like, who would you die for? Right? Would you die for a, like a scoundrel, like a rotten person? Probably not. Would you die for somebody you love? Perhaps. It says, most people wouldn't die. Maybe you'd be willing to die for someone who's especially good. It says, verse 8, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us, while we were still sinners. See, God sent Jesus as a baby to die. To forgive us. You know, there's that simple explanation of forgiveness, you know. Forgiveness is you break somebody's Christmas present, their toy. How dare you? You know, let's say you, you get like a new, I don't know, what's... We said last week, crockpot, right? You get a new crockpot. That's your dream Christmas gift, right? You get a new crockpot. And somebody, listen, they just don't know what they're doing, and they, they leave stuff in there for hours, and it burns, and it burns your crockpot, and it ruins your crockpot. <sighs> right? They burns your crockpot. They owe you a new crockpot. And you say, I forgive you. You don't owe me a crockpot any longer. That's great. That's so kind of you to say you don't owe me anymore. But guess what? Your crock pot still broken, still nasty, and you can't use it. So by saying I forgive you, you're saying not only do I forgive you, but I will pay for what you owe me. I will buy myself the crock pot that you should have. I will pay for you. See, that's forgiveness. Forgiveness says not only do you not owe, but I will pay what you do owe. And Jesus says to us, your sin Incurs a debt you owe. But guess what? Not only do I release you from owing, but somebody's got to pay. So I will pay. And I will pay what you owe. That's forgiveness. In the Old Testament, in, in throughout before Jesus, priests would have to do this for, for, for the people. They would go and they would offer animals and food and sacrifices over and over and over again to pay for what the people owed. Right? They would pay. There would be shedding of blood to pay for what you owe for their sins over and over and over again. It was a never-ending cycle. And we read this in Hebrews. It says, Jesus did not enter heaven to offer himself again and again like the high priest here on earth who enters the most holy place year after year with the blood of an animal. We learned about some of this last week. 
But if that had been necessary, Christ would have had to die again and again ever since the world began. Ready? But now, once for all time, he has appeared at the end of the age to remove sin by his own death as a sacrifice. And just as each person is destined to die once and after that comes judgment, so also Christ was offered once for all time to take as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. He will come again, not to deal with our sins, but to bring salvation to all who are eagerly waiting for him. See, God was saying here, he sent Jesus to die for Paul and for you and for me and for everyone. And he only needed to do it one time. Once was enough. And it's not because of how good you are or because of how great you know, I was. And it actually says, when you had no regard for God at all, when you were still sinners, he died for you because he just loved you that much. Right? We know all this stuff. This is nothing new. I know. Just bear with me. John 3.16, right? Who knows? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever one who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Great verse. Verse 17 says this. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world. Here's the point. Death was the goal all along. From a baby, he was given myrrh in preparation for burial, for a sacrifice. Death was always the plan. Merry Christmas. Have a great day. No, I promise it'll end better. He was born to die. The question is, how much did God have to love me to be willing to live for the sole purpose of dying for me? How much did God have to love you? That his only purpose from, from birth, what are you giving him? I'm giving him myrrh. You're giving him burial spices? Yeah. This is the plan all along. It's not for this baby to go have a great life and do great things and be a king and a priest and lead us to glory. No, the plan is he's going to come and die for you. Why? Why does my life matter that much? Why does your life matter so much that Jesus would die for us? Now, Peter, if you don't know who Peter is, Peter was the first person to ever follow Jesus. The first disciple Jesus ever made. Peter's fishing. Jesus walks up and says, hey, follow me. He goes, okay. That's exactly how it went, just like that. Follow me. Okay. He says he dropped his nets and he followed Jesus. No more fishing. And Peter writes this. Christ suffered for our sins once for all time. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely where? Home to God. He suffered physical death, but he was raised to life in the spirit. See, Jesus wasn't born to die. No. He was born to bring you home. This was the mission. It was a, a rescue mission to lead lost sheep home. And the only way was for the great shepherd himself to come to tell us about the way, to make the way possible, and it would cost him everything in the process. See, that the wise men gave myrrh tells us that God sent Jesus to die so that we could come home forever. Here it is in a nutshell. Ready? God wants you home for Christmas forever. God wants you home for Christmas forever. Christmas mornings have come and gone in our lives. This Christmas may be full of joy. It may be a difficult day. I don't know what it's going to be like for you next week. I don't know what this season is like for you. But I can tell you that even the most magical 
most magical Christmas mornings on earth cannot compare to what it will be like to be home together forever. Heaven is going to be the eternal Christmas morning. Can you imagine that? Think about this. The eternal Christmas morning together. Guess who's going to be there? Everybody. No empty seats. No missing spots. No more sorrow. No more tears. It's going to be like no other Christmas you've ever known before. Take the best Christmas. The Christmas you walked in and there was the bike, right? Or there was the basketball hoop, or there was the car out front with the shiny bow on it. Every Christmas ever, when somebody surprised you at home, and you're made at home for Christmas, this is great. Take all of those things, every video you've ever seen on YouTube that makes you cry, and you're watching soldiers, you're like, I can't believe this is so great. He pops out of the box, and there he is, and the kids are hugging. Every one of those, home for Christmas, combine them all. It's going to be better. He came to bring us home for Christmas. So what? In the words of Paul again, I want to know that Jesus. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him and share in his death so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things, that I have already reached perfection. But ready, he says this, but I press on. To reach that perfection, that eternal Christmas morning, I press on for which Christ first possessed for me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what's ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Let me tell you, wherever you are today, press on. Live in hope. There will be an eternal Christmas morning. See, the thing Christmas morning is going to come and it's going to go. We know this. How, how long you've been doing Christmas? You know, kids, you're excited. You're ready for Christmas morning and you know it. It's over in a snap. And you're like, oh, you anticipate, you anticipate, and then it comes and it's gone. Christmas in heaven, it goes on for eternity. Imagine that sense of, oh, I love being home with everybody forever and it's just joyful Forever, with no end. Don't set your hope on this Christmas as the definition of home. We can be joyful and grateful for what we have. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with being happy Christmas morning. But don't despair or grieve like those who have no hope. There will be tears and there may be pain and there may be grief and there is loss. That's part of our human experiences. And you are not alone in that. But in all of it, look forward to what lies ahead and let's press on. Don't lose faith. There's something so much greater. And listen, if we will do this together, we will press on. Just say, hey, listen, Christmas is great. It's a good time, but there's something more coming. Where is it? The best is yet to come. Ready? If we will do this together, here's the thing. Jesus is going to bring us all home for Christmas. All of us. It's going to be the greatest reunion, the greatest Christmas morning we've ever known. Husbands and wives reunited, parents and children, brothers and sisters, generations together in one place for eternity, sharing this sacred togetherness that only we know here fleetingly called home. It comes and it goes so quickly, home. It changes. 
But there it will never change. He died for you and me to bring us safely home to God. I venture to say you've heard this song before. And you'll hear it again. I'll be home for Christmas. But it's no longer just a dream. Can we make this promise to each other? Will you be home for Christmas? Listen, when I get home, and I don't mean home, I mean home, home. I want to see you there. I want my kids there. I want my family there. My grandfather's already there. My grandmother's already there. Family members already there. And so it's going to be the best Christmas ever. Because we will be home together forever. I tell you, when they gave that gift of myrrh, it was preparing him for his death, but it was more than death. Because he died so that we could have life. Jesus was born to die. But he was also born to bring us home. He's a good, good God, I'm telling you. I'm just going to invite Nikki and the team on up, and we're going to, we're going to close here in just a moment. I just wanted you to take a moment before we, before we end our service today. Would you just take a moment where you are? And in, in your programs, you should have received a white connection card. just want you to take that out. You can write your name on there. But I want you to take a moment. While they play, I want you just to sit in your seats and just think, what's home going to be like for you this Christmas? And what will home be like one day? And maybe today you just need to say, God, I need strength to press on. God, I need... I'm, I'm not looking forward to this. Maybe it's painful. Maybe you're excited and you know, you guys say, God, help me to expand my vision. Let let this not be the sum total of my experience. God, would you lift my eyes and help me to see beyond? Just take a moment this morning, would you? And just where you are, between you and God, would you just let him speak to you in this moment? God, we thank you today for the hope that you give us. Lord, the hope in that eternal Christmas morning. We are together forever. God, I thank you for that gift, for that promise. But we look forward to that. And every year of life that passes, we look forward to it more and more. But we're just so grateful to know that this is not it. The best is truly yet to come. Lord, help us to be grateful for what we have today. To rejoice in what we do have. To not overlook those, those, those joys that are in our life. But Lord, may we always keep our eyes ahead on what is still to come. May we not lose heart, but would we press on and continue to to walk forward in faith knowing that one day that possession, that prize Lord, you will give it to us when you welcome us home. You are good. Thank you for coming to this earth 
for leaving your home to come as a foreigner to this world to live a life destined to die for us before we even knew you because you loved us so much you just wanted to make the way clear to give us that straight path home thank you for being our king for being our great high priest and for being our savior we honor you this Christmas you are our God and our Lord it's in your name that we pray Amen Amen Thank you for listening to this week's podcast we hope you were encouraged by this message for more information about Life Tree please check us out online at lifetreescc.com